0: If you think you could never be vegan, you're in the right place. If you think there's something big that you would really like to do, but it's probably too late, you're in the right place. My name is Michelle Olander. I think there's never been a more important time to move in a vegan direction. So I'm here every week to support you, offer actionable strategies, and cheer you on as you veg your best. Episode 171. The Crisis in Our Closets, with Alden Wicker. Welcome back, my Veggie Besties. How's it going? Anyone feeling, I don't know, overwhelmed? Just me? So, you know, I wrestled with publishing this interview with today's guest, right now, at a time when some of you, some of you may be feeling a bit overwhelmed right along with me. But then I thought, well, maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe you guys are all fine. <laughs> so in some ways, I think it might actually be the perfect time to take 30 minutes or so to listen to today's guest, journalist and author Alden Wicker. Uh, listen to Alden here today before you buy another item for you or someone you love. Alden Wicker is the the founder uh, and the editor-in-chief of ecocult.com. That's E-C-O-C-U-L-T, ecocult.com. And that's a website dedicated to helping consumers learn about the many hidden toxins, um, environmental and health concerns in the clothes, the fabrics, and the materials that we live, sleep, and sweat in. I mean... Literally, A Crisis in Our Closets. A journalist and author, Alden Wicker has done extensive research into fashion and sustainability, and Alden writes about why we should care about fast fashion, what ethical fashion even means, and how we as individual consumers can make more environmentally responsible choices without thinking it's all up to us to fix. In her new book, To Die For, How Toxic Fashion is Making Us Sick and How We Can Fight Back, Alden addresses the hidden dangers of the fashion industry, particularly focusing on the toxic chemicals in most of the clothing that we uh, have access to. The book was released in June of this year, and it has in many ways been likened to Rachel Carson's A Silent Spring for the wardrobe. It's an expose of the largely unregulated, and in many cases, harmful chemicals in our clothing. And the rise in various health issues like autoimmune diseases, infertility, asthma, eczema, and conditions like multiple chemical sensitivities. So far from being a downer, I actually think you're going to be riveted by Alden's work and her knowledge and what she's putting into the world. So don't be overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed. Just listen. Knowledge is power. And I'll catch you on the other side. Alden Wicker, journalist, author of To Die For, D-Y-E. Welcome to Veg Your Best. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a delight I learned about you not that long ago. And I kind of debated with myself whether whether you would like to be on the on the podcast, whether it would work for you and whether it would be interesting for my clients and my, my listeners. And I'm for sure thinking, yes, because I just told you when I went vegan, one of the main realizations for me was like, oh my gosh, what else am I not seeing? And so when I saw your work, uh, your book To Die For, D-Y-E, I'm going to say it again, um, about uh, toxicity in fashion and in clothing, um, I was like, oh, wow, I need to know all about that. So tell us, Alden, tell us a little bit about what brought you to uh, the journalistic uh, magnum opus that is to die for.
1: Yeah. uh, So, yeah, thank you for all those kind words. Um, So I've been writing about fashion sustainability, uh, as well as ethics for over a decade now, both freelance for places like New York Times and Wired and Vogue, but also for my own website, ecocult.com. And I had been writing a lot um, about the toxins that are in things like cleaning products uh, and beauty products, right? Like we all know about clean beauty. Um, And uh, But fashion was sort of set apart from that because it was like, oh, well, you don't eat your clothing. This is something that uh, you should care about because it's affecting garment workers or um, the these rivers. But it, it was all sort of over there, right? Um, affecting people um, on the other side of the world in Bangladesh or Morocco or Ethiopia. And uh, so that was kind of the view I had about it. Um, and in 2019, uh, a radio show got in touch and they said, um, we would love for you to come on the show and comment and tell us a little bit about why delta airlines attendants are suing land's end who made their uniforms because they said their their uniforms were making them sick um and the reactions that they were having were uh horrifying so it would start with a rash that would become so bad that it would bleed um also coughing uh you know crusty eyes and blurry vision. Um, Some flight attendants uh, started losing their hair. Some went bald. Um, Some of them had to be taken off the plane and taken to the ER for various allergic reactions. Some would have racing hearts um, and or become uh, so fatigued that they like couldn't, you know, even get up the stairs uh, when they got to the airport. Um, And so these, uh, this wasn't just happening at, Delta, as I found out, it first happened at Alaska Airlines when they introduced new uniforms. Uh, then it happened at American Airlines. And then it uh, happened at Southwest. Uh, and it's still happening at Southwest. Southwest has not switched out the uniforms the way these three other major airlines have. So when I got that invitation, I actually declined because I didn't know what was going on like I'd never heard of fashion a having toxic chemicals B having such toxic or hazardous chemicals that it could make you sick and so that set me off on this journey uh and four years later uh and it culminated with the publication of my book where um you know I was looking at okay, so what happened uh with these uniforms but also if these, Mostly women, some gay flight attendants are having such horrendous, acute, clearly linked to the uniform's reactions. What's happening to the rest of us? Like, is this something that we need to be concerned about? just regular you and I? Um And the answer is yes. It mm-hmm. is happening to the rest of us in ways large and small, um, you know, linked to acute reactions, dermatitis, rashes, eczema, but also chronic health issues like cancer, autoimmune disease, um, allergies, asthma, all of these different things that sort of mysteriously have been going up. I I have air quotes, mysteriously have been going up in the general population, especially in women in the United States and around the world. So that's how I got to this point where my focus is really on this extremely undercover and undercovered and hidden part of the fashion industry, which is what is happening over there in Bangladesh, in India, in China, is affecting us over here when we buy these clothing, these pieces of clothing.
0: Well, and reading your book is just amazing that you were able to find out what you were able to find out because it is actually very hidden. It is almost impossible, right, to find out um, exactly what chemicals we are putting on our bodies through our clothing.
1: It is. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, because when you pick up a cleaning product or you pick up a beauty product or a food product, there is a long list of everything that is in that product. Um, And when you pick up a piece of clothing or a pair of shoes And you look at the label, the label only has the fabric content. Anything that's under 5% is not required to be listed in that product. 5% is a huge amount when you're talking about substances that can have an effect on your health at parts per million, parts per billion levels. So even if you find somehow find out, and there are ways to find out, Um, a lot of people don't know about them. A lot of doctors don't know um, to to look for this, but if you find out that you're allergic to nickel, formaldehyde, disperse dye blue, disperse dye black, um, other intermediate substances that are used to dye clothing, um, there's there's no way to find for sure clothing that doesn't have those substances in it because they are just
0: not labeled and they're hard to remember the words themselves are not accessible words right they're not things that we're going to go oh yeah that's right i don't want those letters that that collection of letters that you just said right yeah like oh 1,4 dioxane
1: for sure um <laughs> but some of them some of them we do know and yet they're still they're finding their way on our clothing and they're they're not labeled they're accidental contaminants or they're just they're just not like they're not tested for so we know that mercury is a heavy metal. That's bad for us. That's been found in clothing, arsenic, um, phthalates, BPA and other bisphenols, which are endocrine disruptors, hormone disrupting chemicals, um, chromium. Uh, we know that's bad. Uh, PFAS, um, PFAS. Some people are aware of it. Some people are not. It's been in the news lately for, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, PFAS, uh, P-F-A-S is what it's called, um, is, Uh, a class of extremely toxic um, chemicals that are used in clothing for water and stain repellency, sometimes like quick dry properties. And uh, they've been definitively linked to various types of cancer, uh, reproductive harms, birth defects, um, immune suppression, um, obesity, uh, basically cancer and anything that's regulated by your hormonal system, essentially, Um, and, uh, and
0: that's one of those forever chemicals, right? Forever
1: chemicals. Yes, exactly. Forever chemicals, because they just never go away. Mm -hmm. Um, they accumulate in our bodies. They accumulate in the environment. They accumulate in the Arctic, uh, in Arctic animals. Um, they're extremely hazardous. There have been some lawsuits around these, um, in the drinking water, but also thanks the period penny brand um, this year settled a $5 million lawsuit because, PFAS was in high amounts in its period panties, um, which was found by a researcher in Notre Dame. And uh, we don't want that down there in our most intimate area. Um, It's a special irony that like women are so concerned at this point around uh, healthy hormonal regulation and all the reproductive harms that we suffer around painful periods, endometriosis and everything. And then it's
0: on our period panties. (laughs) No, in this vascular warm place close Mm -hmm. up to us where we, I mean, you know, some people may not realize how many medications we do take now through dermal patches. Different people Mm -hmm. have different dermal, because it is a, an area of our bodies that is absorbing all the time. It's absorbing whatever's on it. And it is, I think we kind of think our skin's this like exterior.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there was research that actually just this isn't in the book because this just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago where um, a researcher was looking at what happens when we sweat, especially in synthetic fabrics that have uh, hazardous finishes in them. And that sweat break like draws those hazardous substances out of the fabric and deposits it on our skin. This research was specifically looking at flame retardants and flame retardants, uh, this is a one bright spot. Flame retardants aren't in normal, non-professional, non-performance safety clothing. Just, it used to be in children's pajamas a while ago, but it's not anymore, thank God. But um, this research shows that sweat is a really effective way to get whatever's on and in synthetic clothing um, and other fabrics onto your skin um and from there it can be absorbed into your blood depending on what
0: chemical it is and and how much it is well so this all sounds like just dreadful news and everybody's going to mm. want to just shut this off and put their hands over their ears <laughs> and go no no what am i supposed to do about it at at all and and some of the interesting things i i read and then i heard you talking to other people about um and on your website ecocult.com um there's so much information but it is um why why should we sit and take it in a little bit because it does sound like a lot of unremittingly bad news.
1: Yes. So I don't want to scare people. Um, I don't want to put another thing on everyone's plate. Like, You know all the to dos that we have for our health, like make sure you meditate every morning, and also like, you know, do this and do that, and only wooden toys for your kids, like not too much screen time, and all this stuff. But it's actually meant to be. This information is meant to be empowering, and um, the reason why I say that is because it it was so interesting as I was researching and publishing this book. People will say like, "What are you working on?" "Oh, I'm working on this book. It's about toxic." chemicals and clothing um and i would tell them a little bit about just a, a little bit of their research and they would say oh oh i i had a reaction to clothing and i i didn't know what it was because like nobody had ever told me that i this could happen before this was possible and like now i know um or you know my my sister can't do scented products and like she has a reaction when she puts on polyester clothing and i didn't understand why and there's just it's so like one in five people are sensitive to chemicals in their environment and sensitive products. Um, it looks like, you know, that number keeps coming up for people who also suffer a variety of other chronic health issues. Um, and uh that's a lot of people um that I think it's an issue that's really, really highly undercovered. Um, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so, um, if you're somebody who, um, has skin problems and I'm saying like eczema or rashes or like occasionally hives, uh, mysteriously coming out of nowhere. Um, or even if you are, you break out on your body, like if you have back knee or butt knee, um, I'm telling you that like, even if you've tried everything which a lot of people have right they've cut out dairy which benefited me i've i cut out dairy and like that made my skin a lot better talking from a personal perspective but um have you tried switching out your clothing to mm. natural fibers because that could be the thing that could be the final key to unlock better health for you or reduce the amount of chronic health issues or reactions that you're having. Um, And it can be really hard to make that connection because a lot of times, okay, first of all, again, nobody's told us that this is a thing, right? So if you go to your dermatologist and you say, I'm having terrible skin issues, they'll say, what soaps are you using? What lotions are you using? What detergents are you using? Um, What cleaning products are you using? But they're not going to say, what are you wearing? Um, And I know this is true because I spoke to a group of doctors who said, yeah, we heard you on the radio and you're right. We're not asking, come tell us about it. Like what's, what's going on here. Um, And then the other thing is um, I've heard from, this is all anecdotal, but I've heard from a lot of people who eventually who figured out it was their clothing that it, the rashes appear three days later. So you Mm -hmm. put on an offensive piece of clothing and three days later, you develop a rash. And so it's kind of hard to like connect it to that thing. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you if you go on an elimination diet for your for your health, and you you cut out everything, and then you start adding things back in. I inadvertently did that for myself. Because I mean, it started like five years ago, right? I realized that I was extremely uncomfortable if I wore synthetic yoga leggings on a long flight. I'd be like, oh, I'm really itchy, Um, you know? And I had had like breakouts on my backside for my whole life. Um, And I thought, oh, it's ingrown hairs or like whatever. I don't know. It's just a condition of being a a human. Um, And so I started buying 95 plus percent cotton leggings to wear when I travel. Um, and then I just kept buying more and more natural fiber clothing because, you know, I, I blog and write about fashion sustainability just seemed like the natural thing to do. And I was like, you know, this just feels better. Like, I just like it more. It's like more comfortable. And then, um, pandemic hits. I stopped wearing tights. Like I was like, I never want to wear a pair of tights in cold weather ever again. And, um, in the past year, I've worn a pair of synthetic, uh, leggings to, um, hot yoga. And that night, huge pimple on my butt, like enormous pimple. And then I was like, that's weird. Maybe, maybe. And I was like thinking, and I was like, why today? And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it's that, but you know, one data point, not, not a study, no proof. Yeah. And then I, um, like a month ago i put on a pair of black nylon tights for the first time in a long time and that night again uh another another pimple right like huge on my butt and uh, i know this is tmi but i was like oh okay like this is this is this is my elimination diet like i'm adding synthetics back in especially black um, and especially performance gear. And I'm noticing that I'm having a reaction to it. And before this, I thought I'm a really healthy person. Like I I feel, I really feel a lot of empathy for all of the women uh, and some men that I've interviewed that have problems with reacting to clothing. And, um, but I was like, this isn't something that really affects me. And I'm realizing, yes, it is affecting me in a more subtle way, in a more manageable way, but often, in all these stories that i hear the skin is the first warning sign that that your body is like i do not like this i do not want this around me and then if you don't address that if you don't honor what your body is telling you it spreads
0: and i think so many of us who have a child a grandchild a friend who's had chronic dermatitis this kind of non-specific yeah. dermatitis we've often been told to look at our stress and that our 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 emotional right. state. Are you sure you're not uh, just anxious? Yeah, you know, which does exist. It is a thing. It is a right. thing. But you know, sometimes, uh, along with that concern about our stress and our anxiety, might be our what we're rubbing up against for hours a day. Even sheets and and our bedding and these sorts of things have all kind like uh, you you were talking about the the chemicals that are used for um, wrinkle resistance. Yes, do
1: not buy wrinkle free sheets. <laughs> I mean, first of all, don't buy synthetic sheets. I don't even know why you would subject your skin to, to that like it's uh, it's it's silly. Um but uh, like I I am I am now a deep fan of the look of artfully wrinkled farmhousey bedding because um I as much as I appreciate when I visit my mom and she Freshly irons the sheets for me. It's it's really kind of her. Um, I yeah, I would not recommend that. I mean, you are wrapping yourself in that envelope, and I I don't know about you, but I sweat when I like uh, at various points of the night. So it's really important, especially for your sheets, um, and your underwear, um, that you're being really thoughtful about where you where you purchase
0: those those items. Yeah, I know, and I I just think that it's something. We may, you know, people I talk to, I know have been concerned about fast fashion, about the low quality and ease ease of it going into our waste stream so quickly, and that it's created by, not by robots, but by people, sometimes prisoners, sometimes children, sometimes people with very, in very, very harsh, poor conditions, and it's even more close, as you're saying. It's closer than that. It's not just us being concerned about what somebody else is going through, but what they are going through is even worse than we thought because they're breathing in these fibers, right? They're breathing mm-hmm. in these toxins and these chemicals and these additives.
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, I so I did visit uh, Tirupur in India and sit with some garment workers, and one of them showed me these horrendous rashes, she had scars on her arms, mm-hmm. um, from developing skin problems from working in a synthetic, uh, clothing factory for the domestic market. Um, so yes, yeah, they go through much more than us, but those same chemicals are, they're staying on our clothing. You know, they don't just evaporate into thin air. Once they leave the factory, they're there. Um, and you know, some of them are deliberately applied. Um, Some of them are accidental contaminants, things like pesticides, pesticides that have been banned in the United States for use and sale since the eighties are still being used elsewhere, you know, in the warehouse or in the ship where the clothing is, is shipped over to us. So, um, there are so many points in this extremely complicated supply chain where, um, these chemicals are deliberately or accidentally applied to the clothing and, more chemicals are used to strip them off and there's chemicals to lubricate the machinery and uh, antifungals and dyes and all of these different things. And they're layered on top of each other. So it's not just the formaldehyde. It's how the formaldehyde might react with the azo dyes and the uh, you know, these like scouring agents that are also applied and all of these different things and how some of them, work on the same organs or have the same health effects. And they might have synergies where they multiply each other's f- effects. Clothing has some of the most complicated chemistry
0: of anything we can buy. And and some of these chemicals are well, many of them are also on the natural fibers. So if we go, well, I always buy cotton, mm-hmm. I always buy silk, I always buy wool um, if if you're if you're not vegan and you still buy um wool. Those those materials too also are treated are are connected with all these um, uh, dyes and preservatives and cleans cleansers and surfactants to change the uh, the the texture of them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that natural fi- like synthetic fibers are riskier. Than natural fibers, mm-hmm. right? So so when I talk about the different ways you can reduce your exposure, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about, um, you have to combine all these things because there's no hard and fast rule, there's no, you know, certification that covers everything. Um, there's no perfect certification. Um, natural fibers can have a lot of these things put on them. They tend to be safer. Um, but you know, another thing that I think is really important for your audience to know is there is There has been a lot of cynical exploitation of the uh, very passionate vegan fashion community to sell extremely toxic synthetic materials that are very cheap for a markup. So when I'm talking about things that are labeled as vegan leather, often those are PVC, especially if they're very cheap pvc is the most toxic plastic on the market it has vinyl chloride uh that's the poly that's the vinyl chloride and the polyvinyl chloride and vinyl chloride will um it will off gas from the pvc over the full uh the full lifetime of the product so um and vinyl chloride, if, if people don't know some context, vinyl chloride is a chemical that was in the Ohio train derailment this summer. And um, it, it's just extremely toxic. And then, you know, they burned it off and it created dioxane and all these things. So it, it it's not good. Also, PVC tends to contain the plasticizer phthalate or a type of phthalate. And phthalate is a hormone disrupting chemical. So that means it is interrupting all of the processes of your body that are governed by hormones so not just your reproductive system and your you know um your period but like also uh the development and growth of your children, um, future children uh fertility as well as your energy levels your weight, um, your brain function your skin appearance all of these different things can be affected so um, if you see a very very cheap, vegan leather from a brand um, that does not have a good reputation or any reputation at all, right. If it's an ultra fast fashion brand, um, I would be very, very wary of purchasing that product. Um, The other types of vegan leathers are all almost all involve polyurethane. So polyurethane um, is much safer than PVC. It's still a plastic. It can still contain plasticizers, Um, But there's a lot of sort of like plant-based vegan leathers that uh, still contain polyurethane in very large, like the majority of it is polyurethane and then they sort of sprinkle in some like cactus or whatever. Um, And some of these vegan leathers have been tested and found to have hazardous chemicals, hazardous and restricted substances in them. So um, it it really annoys me that people's um, compassion and uh, passion for uh, trying to live in a better way is being exploited
0: by um some people
1: to sell them cheap and toxic materials.
0: I'm grateful you brought that up because it is a as the old movie says, it is a puzzlement and and then some people will try to buy vintage um for me, at my age, I just try to keep everything I already have. This is my <laughs> this is my one thing I'm like, oh, because i I've tried to there was a cork uh purse maker that I was trying to communicate with them. I said, is it just cork? Or do you like mix the cork into a slurry? Or I mean, and I could not get an answer. To me, if you can't get an answer, we just need to assume that it's not something I'm going to want to hear. And they just, Mm. it's possible. It's possible. The person who owns the company doesn't really know.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who just want to make a good product and they don't like they're not chemists and that's okay. They just don't know how Um, to answer. Yeah. Yeah. cork, Cork is usually pretty good. Uh, it's usually just cork with a fabric backing. So no problem there. That's good. Um, but yeah, but all of the plant-based leathers, almost all, there's one exception, which is um, uh, Miram by Natural Fiber Welding. That is 100% bio-based, vegan products. Um, I have a couple things with it. It's great. Love it. Love the founder. Awesome. Super transparent, made in America, all the things, um, all the rest of the plant-based leathers, the mushroom leather you've heard of, all those different things. It's, just mostly polyurethane
0: with some plant inserted. Yeah. And that, that's that's very discouraging because there's a lot of yeah. money and a lot of people really, as you're saying, trying to do the right thing, uh, trying to do something that's in alignment with them, but that can't possibly be in alignment when we with some kind of a, a chemical like that, which is just going to have such um, endless effects on our environment. I mean, what mm. one of the main reason I think especially young people are coming to a vegan vegan choices is the environment, is concerned about the pollution. So I think we've we've brought up a lot of the issues. There are so many more in to die for and in and, and on your website, ecocult.com. But let's talk a little bit about what we can reasonably like from today during our holiday period. Um, people who have kids and, and friends and want, might want to buy a gift of clothing. What's a couple things they could keep in mind, um, pro and con, this season as they're purchasing things?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is never buy ultra fast fashion. When I say ultra fast fashion, I mean uh, those brands on Amazon or Temu uh, or on TikTok or Instagram, you've never heard of them before. They have weird names of different words smushed together. Uh, Seen them. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's seen them. Um, If They're not even good value. You order them. uh, It turns out they look nothing like the picture. They're terrible quality. They don't have, when you try to return it, they don't answer. Um, These types of brands are very dangerous. There's nobody looking out to make sure that they are safe. So the reason why I say ultra fast fashion brands, there are fast fashion brands that have extremely good chemical management programs. H&M is one of them. Vans is another one. Uh, Zara. Um, These are all fairly affordable. Hanes. Um, there's Levi's. Uh, we have a whole list on EcoCult of the safest affordable brands. And that you can just get them all. And they they spend millions of dollars testing things. They have they work closely with their suppliers in trustworthy partnerships. They're doing a lot. They're they're concerned and they're making sure that toxic products aren't making it onto the shelves. If you order from a brand that you've never heard of and that is the cheapest possible thing, I guarantee you they do not care. And that means the factories don't care either. And contaminants are sneaking into your products and um it could be i I just it's just really dangerous um so that's my first thing like i said natural fibers tend to be safer um than synthetic fibers avoid performance products and marketing promises so if it promises to be anti-wrinkle anti-odor um quick dry um especially stain repellent water repellent if it's a fabric that has a trademark name, (laughs) um, not only is it probably achieved with a hazardous finish, they're probably upcharging you just because of this like performance thing that might not actually benefit you at all. Mm -hmm. So um, I would avoid that as well. Uh, And then um, what else would I say? Uh, Yeah. Like try to wash anything new that you buy before you wear it. Also look for labels Blue Sign and oeko Oeko-Tex, O E K O T E X. Those are really good labels for making sure that the final product is is
0: non-toxic. Are those an, an independent uh like clearinghouse or analysis?
1: Yeah, those are independent private voluntary labels. Okay. Um so uh they're not going to cover everything, but like you can find Ogotech certified bedding and stuff from Bed Bath & Beyond, actually. Um, And then you can go to ecocult.com and you can find lists of brands that have really strong chemical management programs as well. Um, we have a whole shop sustainably page. You could check the little non-toxic box and it'll show you all the brands that we recommend. And uh, yeah, I mean, that those are a lot of different things that you can do. And I think combining those strategies will reduce your risk of exposure buy a lot. Oh, and also, if you see the California label, you know this is known to the state of California
0: to have hazardous substances. Believe it. <laughs> That's interesting. I I do see that once in a while. Yeah, the and the other thing I know. Um, some of us who who shop in cities, um, people selling the kind of knockoff goods on the side mm-hmm. of the road or Canal Street and in Lower Manhattan. We, um. It's not just the brand, the the intellectual capital uh, issue of it. They often are full of terrible co- chemicals.
1: Yes, absolutely. They often are. Um, there's been tests of them and they yeah. found very high uh, amounts of lead and phthalates, um, children's products as well. Um, and so I, you, so I visited uh, the Newark Air and Marine Port to talk to customs and just ask them, you know, what are they doing? And they're not doing enough. Mm. Um, it's not their fault. They don't have the mandate. They don't have the funds, but the one thing they always check is knockoffs, especially if they're children's knockoffs, uh, because they, they're checking for lead cadmium and phthalates, and they often find those things in knockoff products. Mm. So I would 100% avoid the knockoffs. If you want to get a good deal, uh, try to go for, try to go to the real, real or other um, secondhand stores to
0: get, to get the real thing. So now we've, we've mentioned egocult.com a couple of times. You not only have the website, you have a, a, a subscription service there. What, 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 um what do we learn if we, if we subscribe?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, I have a free newsletter that people can subscribe to. So I'm always sharing new research and new things that I'm finding in our our articles, but we have a special um, membership for people who are concerned with with health. And so all of our articles are fact-checked. They're the highest quality, latest research on hazardous chemicals in clothing and beauty products um, that you can find. We take our responsibility very, very seriously. And so if readers want to find good quality uh, information to protect their and their family's health and reduce their exposure, reduce their reactions, um, it would be great if they could support our work by becoming a member of Equal Cult.
0: I, I think this is such valuable work. I, I I I know a lot of responsibility does fall on our shoulders as consumers, um, but I know also in your book, you mentioned there are ways we can ask our representatives and our uh, manufacturers and um, try to uh, ask for more structural support in these issues. What's what's something we can do maybe this week uh, or look into this week to try to uh, help our 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 families be safer?
1: That's such a great question. And I'm glad you asked. There are you know, we're already past Giving Tuesday, especially by the time this comes out. But um, if you're looking for a couple of good organizations to contribute to, there is uh, Safer States, um, and I think they're going to make textiles their next big push. They've been very successful in getting state regulations around hazardous substances in consumer products through, um, and then also toxic, um, toxic-free future and uh, that's another really good organization that's been working on this issue. They come out with reports, They test products. They really like they lean on companies to do better. They lean on legislators to protect us. So those are two places you can contribute to or volunteer for. And then, um, also, ask your state legislator. I know federal government's big and wacky and dysfunctional right now, but uh, states are doing a lot. So California and New York, the good news is that they've banned PFAS in everyday apparel and then performance apparel uh, in 2025 and then 2028, respectively. And the more states that do this, the safer the rest of us are. And the closer we get to a federal standard that says you cannot have this in our our apparel. So ask your state representative what they're doing to protect you and your family from hazardous chemicals, not just in clothing, but in toys and other consumer products.
0: There is so much more I could ask you. There is so much more just in your book. And your book's a couple years old now, right? What What year did your book no, come actually it's all, it No, actually, it's from this year. Yeah, it's this yeah, year. It's oh, June. good. How yeah. come? I guess I've been following you longer than your book was actually out. Maybe I was uh, <laughs> watching you before. So that's so it's but things are changing all the time, I'm mm. sure, mm-hmm. all the details. So that's why we would want to come to EcoCult com, um, I don't want people to think that this is all bad news. I really want all the listeners to think that this is something we can uh, educate ourselves about and be part of a more of a solution. Even if we're not going to be able to solve anything that quickly, we can we can make some difference and we can just be a little bit more aware and especially notice when we're having these sorts of chronic issues That it's another thing to think about another thing to be proactive about talking with our physicians and healthcare providers
1: yeah and also i would say you know it's another way you can show care for your friends and family um there's a lot of people who react really strongly to scented laundry products they're very sticky they're around for a while there's research showing like you know when you walk past a building and you can smell the dryer vent going That is hazardous. That has carcinogenic substances in it. Those chemicals have combined, um, to create new fancy, terrible chemicals. And I think it's, it's really a sense of care to, um, understand the issue and be, and stop using scented laundry products so that if your friends, I, like I said, one in five people are sensitive to these chemicals and scented products, um, to stop using dryer sheets and scented laundry products and all of these things and create also in your home a safe space for people who are sensitive right and um don't use scented there's an unscented febreze that you can use that does just as good of a job without causing uh you know reactions or harm to your family and friends especially in the holiday season what a gift it would be to the people around you to invite them over to your home and provide them with a place where like they're not coughing or wheezing or having their asthma kick up. So I think this is a wonderful issue to educate yourself on so that, um, or like you're not buying gifts for your family or your nieces, nephews or your kids that are causing them skin reactions. So I think especially heading into the holiday season becoming aware and thoughtful about what you bring into your home and what you gift to people, I think is, is a wonderful way to give back.
0: We're going to let that be the last word. Alden Wicker. Thank you very much for joining us on Veg Your Best.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Michelle.
0: So, so what did you think of Alden Wicker? I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. And I, and like many of the things We can sometimes wish we didn't know, right? We can just think, oh, put your hands over your ears and blah, 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 I didn't hear you. But if like me, you actually kind of half knew this to be true, I hope you're going to feel ready to make a few changes this season in what you buy. Maybe you'll feel a little bit more um, supported in opting out of some of the choices you actually know. Aren't great for you and your family. You also may have more questions that you feel you can ask the manufacturers and the retailers, and um, and we, actually we've never had more access to our retailers and manufacturers. You can, in most cases, just get on the Google and ask. The links for to die for and uh, Alden Wickers website, ecocult.com are going to be in the show notes, of course, as always, and you can sign up and I I recommend you do. You can sign up for a free newsletter at ecocult.com. Once a week, Alden sends out a curated best of in sustainable fashion. And that includes her take on uh, fashion sustainability, whatever topics are out there. Uh, Many of the latest articles by the people on the staff. And good reads from other trustworthy publications. And no, this is not all vegan, but I think this is super important information and compatible with the conscious choices many vegans are trying to make for ethical, environmental, and of course, health reasons. So I highly, highly recommend that you check it out at least take a look at some of the research and some of the reporting. Super important. And if you find it as valuable as I do, you may even want to subscribe to uh, the premium list on ecocult.com to help support the work Alden and her team are doing. Okay, kids, get out there. I know a lot of things are all converging at once on our calendars, but ultimately we do. We have a lot more control than it sometimes feels like. We can opt out of a lot of the frenzy. We can. We can, right? I'm asking for me. Okay, in the meantime, veg your best. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Wineshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team would hit subscribe leave us a five-star review or share with someone you think might be interested something about algorithms it helps bump us up a little in the rankings and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience so until next week make it easy and veg your best